means we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the February 26th edition of the sunny side of sports. Coming up on Monday's show... Ghana prepares to host the 13th African Games early next month. We'll have African Games reports from Kwabena, Quicksilver Ofori, and Iron Mike Mbonye. Also, Cameroon orders an autopsy to determine the cause of death of Kenyan runner Charles Kip Career Kipsang, who collapsed and died over the weekend after crossing the finish line at the Mount Cameroon Race of Hope. And I'll chat with my VOA colleague, Muckbill Yabaro, about the tight race at the top in English Premier League football. We begin in Ghana, where the African Games are scheduled to open on March 8th. Now, Ghana has produced some great fighters over the years, and the host country is confident it will win medals in boxing. Joining us now from Accra is Kwabena Quicksilver Ofori. Sporty greetings, Kwabena. Sporty greetings, Sonny. The countdown for the beginning of the 13 African Games, Accra 2023, is on course. And with 10 days left, all athletes in the various disciplines are ready to switch their attention to the opening of the Games till the close. Ghana's amateur boxing team, the Black Bombers and the haters of male and female side, started their campaign from Accra Bukom Arena to Cape Coast and are now in the Games Village. Jojo Elson is communication officer of Ghana Boxing Federation. He introduced the Ghanaian boxers and their divisions. For the African Games, Ghana will parade 15 boxes, 9 males and then 6 females. For the male, they will be competing from the light flyweight, flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, lightweight, waterweight, middleweight, light heavy, cruiserweight, heavyweight, and then super heavyweight in that regard. The female will be participating in light flyweight, flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, lightweight, and then light uh, waterweight, and perhaps the middleweight, if there should be consideration. Jojo said his confidence in the boxers is high and has no doubt they will win more medals for Ghana. Boxing remains Ghana's leading medal prospect in any major competitions, including the African Games. And for the records, um, boxing has given Ghana three gold medals at the African Games. The first by Professor Azuma Nelson in 1978. In the same vein, um, heavyweight Adama Mesa also won gold. And then uh, Steve Doche in 1991 also gave Ghana gold. Since then, Ghana have not won you know, any gold medal at the African Games. but have done extremely well at both the Commonwealth Games and the Olympic Games. And this time around, on home soil, they would like to make amend. So with the addition of uh, Samuel Tichi and also Mohamed Aite, Henry Mam, you know, the team have been seriously reinforced. So the Black Bombers are counting on to win 
you know, more multiple gold medals at the upcoming uh, African Games to be held in Accra. The communication officer said, though the female boxers are still on the learning stages, but has hope in American-based middleweight Dr. Cornelia Satut to clinch a medal. The Black Hitters are the female national team, boxing team of Ghana, and they are still, you know, at the learning stage of representing Ghana at major international competition. This time around, we have uh, Janet Aqua who will be fighting on the light flyweight. We also have Ramatukwe, who will also be fighting at the flyweight. Then we have Aldejabate, Sarah Apau, who will be slugging it out at the bantamweight. Then we have Staff Sergeant Anatu Mohamed, who will be at the featherweight division. Sandra Boati, who will also be fighting at the lightweight division. And also Faruza, if he join camp early, he will be fighting at the weatherweight. Then if Dr. Onela Satud also join the team, he will be fighting at the middleweight division. So that is the national female team who also want to, you know, make history for themselves. Fighting in the light heavyweight is the son of a retired boxer, Brian Kamoko. Abu Kamoko is a fearless and courageous boxer, like his father in the ring, has promised a goal for Ghana in his division. My father won't boss, and I said, I will do more than my father, so I, 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 have to be, I have to take the gold. My family, my team members, and my father, and my mother, and Ghanaians, don't worry. Don't worry, cry, because I think this is a time for me to bring good for you. That was Abu Kamoko, the son of retired boxer, Parama Kamoko. For the sunny side of sports, Kwabno Furi reporting. Thanks, Kwabena. Taekwondo is another sport that will be featured at the African Games in Ghana. What have the preparations been like for Nigeria's Taekwondo team? That's the question Iron Mike Mbonye posed to the president of the Taekwondo Federation of Nigeria, Abdullahi Saidu. The preparation for the Africa Games is ongoing. 24 athletes have been called to camp and are training seriously for a podium performance. 16 athletes will be finally selected to represent the country in both Kyurigi and Pumse events. At the last African Games held in Morocco in 2019, Nigerian Taekwondo athletes won one gold and five bronze medals for the country and finished sixth in the Taekwondo medal table. What are the medal prospects of your athletes? The medal prospects of our athletes at the Games are very bright. Despite the North African's dominance of the sport, we are concentrating on our areas of strength in both Pumse and Kyurigi. As such, we hope to exceed our previous performance uh, of three to four gold medals in the All-African Games. As Taekwondo athletes prepare for the 13th African Games in Ghana, do you have injury worries in camp? And what message do you have for Nigerians on expectations from your federation at the African Games? We don't have any injury worries as all the athletes are on top of their games, working hard to pick a ticket to represent Nigeria at the games under the supervision of our coaches, uh, sports science doctors and physiotherapists. They are working hard, observing the athletes day by day and uh, ensuring that uh, risks are being minimized to the barest uh, level. 
as we are counting down to the games, then we are going to also slow down on their uh, uh, program loading on the training. I assure you that uh, we are all good and we are good to go. We are going there not for jamboree, but to make an impact and uh, to make a podium performance. That's Abdullahi Saidu, the president of the Taekwondo Federation of Nigeria. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Abuja, Nigeria. Abuja, by the way, was the venue for the 8th African Games in 2003. Joining us now from Abuja with more African sports news is Samson Omale. Begin with results from matches played across the continent in Africa Premier Club competition, the CAF Champions League. Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa booked their place in the knockout stages with a comfortable 2-0 win away at Mauritanian club Neldobo on Saturday evening. Former champions T.P. Mezimbe earlier in the day secured their place in the quarterfinals thanks to their 3-0 win over the pyramids of Egypt. Tanzanian club Young Africans made a stunning entry to the CAF Champions League quarterfinals for the first time by hammering Chabab Belzadad of Algeria 4-0 in Dar es Salaam, while Asek Memosa of Ivory Coast and Petro Luanda of Angola have already secured last eight places and Simba of Tanzania and Esperance of Tunisia are likely to join them on the final day of group marches on March the 1st and 2nd, 2024. Last week, we brought you an interview with Zambia gender-based activist Beauty Hatebe, who sponsors football teams for young boys and girls in Chungwe district of Lusaka province. Hatebe believes that football can keep young boys and girls off drugs and other social vices. Here's the second part of the interview, Hatebe Hard, with my colleague James Barty. So when you say you personally sponsor the boys, what level of soccer or performance is your team? Do you hope one day to turn it into a professional team? We have um, communities where we develop talent of the boys and girls. And my team is one of those uh, clubs or teams that uh, develop the young ones for the national teams to get the players from. Actually now we are a registered uh, football club and uh, we are playing in Zone 11 under the Football Association of Zambia. We are not very far from producing uh, Rachel Kundanangi. We are trying to do something at least with the, the boys and girls. And out to athletics where Kenyan runner Vincent Kibet Langat won the sixth edition of the Africa Cross Country Championships, which took place on Sunday. Langat won the 12th kilometer race in Hammamet in 28 minutes, 31.28 seconds ahead of his compatriot Naibi Kiplimo Mayabi, who finished second with a time of 28 minutes, 40.27 seconds, while Ethiopian Genicha Dida Diriba took the third position with a time of 28 minutes, 57.23 seconds. Some 200 130 athletes representing 12 countries took part in the cross country championship. I am Samson Omale in Abuja, Nigeria. Thanks, Samson. Cameroon says it has ordered an autopsy for Kenyan runner Charles Kip Career Kipsang, who collapsed and died after crossing the finish line at the Mount Cameroon Race of Hope on Saturday. Moki Edwin Kinzika reports from Yaoundé, Cameroon. Cameroon officials say they are shocked over the death of Kenyan runner Charles Kipkori Kipsang at the end of the Mount Cameroon Race of Hope on Saturday. 
the annual race on the highest mountain in Central and West Africa, Mount Cameroon, has a difficult terrain of volcanic rocks and forests and is home to many wild animals, including elephants. The 39-kilometer race begins and ends in nearby Boya, capital of Cameroon's southwest region. Officials say Kipsang was leading more than 600 runners from 11 countries, but began to feel ill near the end. He collapsed shortly after crossing the line, finishing in 16th place. Bernard Okala Bilai is the governor of Cameroon's southwest region. The athlete at 15 or 20 minutes from the arrival had a malaise. He took some time and continued the race. The award of trophies went well. Some 30, 40 minutes after, we were informed that when he was going to collect his own price, he collapsed. When they arrived at the hospital, he already passed away. So we cannot say exactly what happened. Bilai said fans and supporters were surprised when Kipsang, who they expected to lift the trophy, collapsed for the first time three kilometers before the finish line, but kept on running. He was participating in the Mount Cameroon race for the first time. Kenyan athlete Cheboy William Ruto says he regrets the death of his countryman, whom they counted on to win trophies for the East African state not only in Cameroon, but in other world competitions. Ruto says Kipsang's death is devastating to athletes who took part in the race for the first time. Let me take this opportunity to say so that it is so painful. I feel pain because it is my first time to run in a Cameroon mountain, but next time it will be okay for me. Next year I will participate. Kenya has not issued any statement on the death. Cameroon says it has informed the African Athletic Federation. Cameroon's sports minister, Nassis Mwalekombi, said autopsy results will be made public as soon as they are available. Then arrangements will be made for Kipsang's body to be flown to Kenya. Runners came from Congo, Ethiopia, France, Kenya, Lebanon, Morocco, Tanzania, Chad, Nigeria, Tunisia and Cameroon to race to the peak of Mount Cameroon, more than 4,100 meters above sea level. Cameroonian-born Sabinda Elvis was crowned winner of the 29th edition of the race. He also won in 2022. Adamo Irene was the overall winner in the senior women's category. The International Union for the Conservation of Nature lists Mount Cameroon as the most diverse ecosystems in Cameroon and the tenth in the world. Kenya lost marathon world record holder Kelvin Kipsum in a car accident two weeks ago. Moki Edwin Kinzuka, VOA News, Yawundi, Cameroon. Thanks, Moki. I'm Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports. On the Voice of America, English Premier League football. It's a tight race at the top of the EPL. Liverpool leads with 60 points. Defending champion Manchester City is next with 59 points. And Mukbil Yabarro's beloved Gunners of Arsenal are in third place with 58 points. And Muckbill joins us now for some EPL talk. Sporty greetings, Muckbill. Sporty greetings, Sonny. What's going on? Well, Muckbill, match day 26 in the Prem 
uh, featured several African players getting on the score sheet. Your Gunners scored a big victory, but uh, what matches stood out for you in match day 26? Yeah, Sonny, I would have to say uh, starting off um, on Wednesday, uh, match day 26, Liverpool versus Luton Town. We've spoken about Luton Town, man. They are currently in the 18th position. Uh, they have 20 points right now. Uh, they are four points behind the closest team to them, which is Nottingham Forest. Um, and hopefully, uh, and I'm sure they are hopeful that they'll be able to get out of that relegation spot. This is their very first time in the English Premier League. This is the top league of all English uh, professional teams. And this is their first uh, time in this league. They would love to, I'm sure, for their fans and for their team alike to be able to be in this, at least give them a second go around and see how uh, comfortable they feel. They've had plenty of really, really close matchups. Unfortunately for them, this one wasn't one of them. Uh, Liverpool, at the top of the league, uh, beats them 4-1 very decisively um, because this is such a tight race, as you just mentioned at the top, with Liverpool leading all teams with 60 points, Man City with 59, and Arsenal with 58. Not even a game between the top three teams. Mm, Wow. The separation now between the third team, Arsenal, and Aston Villa is at six points. So it seems like, you know, and then beyond that, Tottenham is down to 47. So we're starting to see as they trickle down – the top three are really the only contenders at this point of the league in, in the season. It's possible it may change, though. Uh, if we look at other games, we had Arsenal also winning with the exact same score, 4-1 against Newcastle. Newcastle drops down to ninth position. They were currently in eighth. The Wolves have just surpassed them after the Wolves were able to get, I believe, a win against Sheffield United uh, with a 1-0 win against them. So that was huge. We were talking about African players, right? Man United versus Fulham. Fulham is able to win 2-1 with a go-ahead goal uh, by Alex Iwobi, Nigerian star, um, and also their second goal, their first goal, was also scored by another African player. Calvin Bassey. There we go. And it will be uh, sort of on the comeback after being uh, criticized on social media by Nigerian fans for his performance at the uh, recent AFCON. You know, sometimes when you uh, play for such a big team, a big country that has uh, such a rich history in, uh, in soccer and football, um, the fans can kind of be a bit tough. <clears throat> they can be a bit tough at times. Um, and I guess Alex kind of just unfortunately got that uh, on the back end. But to be honest with you, I don't think he had a bad AFCON, and I don't think Nigeria had a bad AFCON at all. You know, second place is not a bad performance for a team that was looking very shaky uh, in the World Cup qualifiers. Um, I believe they had two draws in the World Cup qualifiers, didn't get any wins there. Then coming into that initial group phase, started off with a draw, but then they just played better throughout the entirety of the tournament. It's not a bad showing. It just, you know, Ivory Coast, really, it had they had it written in the stars, or so they say. Well, Muckbill, uh, another African player who got on the score sheet over the weekend, the Ghanaian Jordan Ayew for Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace beat Burnley 3-0. Ayew, uh, I think he had a couple goals at the AFCON off of penalty kicks, but uh, I think he's also bounced back with two goals since the AFCON, 
And uh, your thoughts on Jordan Ayew? Yeah, I think, you know, he has definitely been scoring for Crystal Palace. I think sometimes, um, you know, fans just don't understand the level of pressure that it is for players to play for their home country. There's a different level. You know, when they say, uh, you know, what does Coach Sam say? Playing for the badge, right? <laughs> playing for the badge. Right. So, I like that. Right. So when you're playing for the badge, you're playing for your country. It's a different additive pressure that you put on yourself as opposed to when you're playing for your club team. You play for your club team. Sure, you do want to win. This is your club team. This is, you know, you're a professional. But you have that luxury of having uh, – it's not as pressured unless maybe you are playing, let's say, for Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal at this time of the season where every single game matters, every single you know result matters uh, moving forward. But, you know, you're Crystal Palace, you're mid – Midway, you know, you're, I would say, about halfway or a little bit leaning towards the bottom of the table. You're just, at this point, trying to make sure that, hey, we get some wins. We just get a little bit further up and kind of get into that maybe 11th, 10th spot to be comfortable because where they're at right now, they're tied uh, for that 13th spot with Burnmouth. They both have uh, 28 points. Uh, Goal differential is in the advantage of Crystal Palace, hence why they're in the 13th slot. But, you know, um, if you're looking down, Nottingham Forest is maybe, what, four points above, uh, underneath them. So, you know, that bottom half of that table is very scary. So you don't want to get into that relegation zone. You mentioned uh, Nottingham Forest, uh, Muckbill. Uh, let's give a sunny side of sports shout out for yet another African player who got on the score sheet for Nottingham Forest, Musa Niakate from Senegal. Uh, he scored, uh, I guess, early in the second half. For Nottingham Forest, and the assist was from a Nigerian player, Taiwo Awoniyi. I hope I pronounced that right. Awoniyi sounds about right. <laughs> so the Africans really, yeah. uh, really showing up over the weekend. No, absolutely. I, and we've said this time and time again. African players have been a dominating force in the top leagues in Europe for some time now it's just that now we're just starting to see that uh teams are are kind of getting behind the concept and and working with the countries uh in allowing their players to go back and play for afcon the afcon tournament is being more revered on a global uh from a global standpoint as well so it's great to see you know this level of positivity because just maybe about a decade ago, uh, even African players themselves that maybe have dual citizenships or that just were wanting to play for their home country might think to themselves, maybe I, I don't go back home and play because mm. uh, maybe if I go back and get hurt, similarly to like Mo Salah, right? Salah goes and plays for Egypt, gets hurt, comes back. But Liverpool is really behind him, right? So he's able to get the time that he needs to be able to, you know, to, to rest up. I believe he came in for match day 25, uh, scored a goal. They may have re, uh, aggravated his hamstring. Now he's been out for a couple of games, but it just goes to show you folks are not saying, Hey, he shouldn't have gone to AFCON. That's not the conversation here. The conversation is how do we get Mo Salah back healthy? Um, and that is, you know, kind of like how it's been uh, for all the African players. So kudos to, you know, the, the clubs in turning a, a new page in the outlook of African players and the African teams and the tournament as well. And Muckbill, the AFCON is, is a grueling competition with, uh, you know, tough opponents. And I think... 
for some of these top-tier African players, they, they do need a little rest after such a competition. Yeah, I would agree, Sonny, but in the same uh, breath, we could say the same thing about the World Cup if we just saw the setup of how this past World Cup was, right? In Qatar, it was held a lot later than it usually was held. Uh, usually, it's in the summertime, and this was held in the last quarter, right, um, in the fall, simply because the weather was just going to be too hot uh, in Doha uh, for the summer. Now, with that being said, we saw some players and some teams, they could not recover because certain amount of players were playing in the World Cup. Uh, and even when they came back and they were still relatively healthy, they were just so exhausted from the tournament. Uh, so we're starting to see this trend, not only in World Cup or AFCON or the Asian Cup for that matter, but... A lot of these club teams now play in multiple different uh, competitions throughout the year. A team like Liverpool is in the uh, Carabao Cup. They're still in FA. They're in the Prem. They're in Europa. Man, and they're starting to see a lot of their players, you know, getting not only exhausted, but the wear and tear on their bodies is starting to exhaust them. It's a long season extremely long and you know this is when you want you know they say this is not a sprint this is a marathon towards the end right where you have about what 12 games left in the english premier league in order to get that title you need your entire team to be clicking on all cylinders and liverpool starting to show that they're getting tired getting injured a lot of key players are there but let's see if they have what it takes to be able to push through that because you got to push through injuries. And Muckbill, it looks right now that your beloved Gunners of Arsenal have what it takes. They're only two points behind front-running Liverpool. I'm taking a look at the score sheet now from the weekend. And uh, the, the scores were Botman, Kai, Havertz, Bukayo Saka, and Kiwior for the Gunners. Uh, do you like their positioning right now, Muckville? I, I like I like the fact that Arsenal this year is playing from a position of playing catch-up. Sometimes when you have a younger team and they are in the lead of the league for so long, uh, they're kind of just waiting for you know mishaps and missteps. Uh, but from this position, I think it's a more comfortable position for them to play from. Uh, so all they're worrying about is just making sure that they're getting the wins that they can and uh, not dropping points. And, you know, there is a clash between Liverpool and Man City. Uh, and if Man City and Liverpool are able to draw out in that specific game and Arsenal can win the rest of the games, that's the Prem. So it's still within grasp. Uh, but if either Liverpool or Man City has a dominating performance against each other, and it could get kind of scary <laughs> at the end. <laughs> well, let's look ahead a little bit, uh, Muckbill. Uh, top of the table, Liverpool will next play Nottingham Forest on Saturday, March 2nd. We've talked a little bit about Nottingham Forest. They're on the bottom of the table trying to avoid relegation. Uh, how do you see that one? It will be a road match for Liverpool. Yeah, I, I think the, the beauty of uh, the English Premier League is that any given Sunday or Saturday, 
uh, depending on what days they play, right? <laughs> That's uh, right. Right. It kind of just depends on if you come out there uh, with your full group at full strength and not underestimate any opponent. Nottingham Forest has had some really big wins this season against uh, formidable opponents. Uh, and as I mentioned, they are in that relegation zone, right? They're in that 17th spot. I know they don't want to slip anymore, so they're going to try their very best. Uh, and and I believe that they they feel as though that they can do what it takes. So. So what we've seen this season is regardless of if you're the number one team or the number 20th team in this league, it doesn't really matter. You got to bring your A game. And if you don't, you could potentially lose some points in a very, very serious title race hunt for the top three. Sunday, March 3rd, a Manchester Derby. Whoa. Man City, the defending champion going up against Manchester United. Your thoughts on that one, Muckdale? Huge derby, but Man City has been dominating. Uh, City has, I believe, dropped only one game in their last five, and then looking back beyond that, I don't think they've dropped any points. Uh, So look to see Man City come out and really try to let folks know that Manchester is blue. But if, you know, Manchester United uh, has what it takes and, you know, has that little bit of pride and lets folks know United and Manchester used to be red, maybe they can get something out of this. (laughs) So we'll be interested and I will be watching. That's for sure. (laughs) English Premier League reporter and VOA colleague, Muckbill Yabaro. Thank you, Muckbill. Muckbill also with the production duties this evening for the Sunny Side of Sports Thanks again, Muckbill. Thanks also to VOA engineer Bill Andrade. Thank you, Bill. And thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. I did it.